Decks. You guys, Z-Man here with Behind the Decks at Art Allen 2019, and I'm joined by the Radical himself. It's Radical Cheers. Redemption. Cheers. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on with us. No worries, man. No worries. Um, so starting off, I know you've been to Heart Island before. I think you took a break last year, right? Yeah. Uh, how can you say the this event's grown since you were last year? Because it's changed a lot, I know, in a very short amount of time. No, man, but they did a pretty good job, I think. And also, I'm um, uh, getting the word out there. And um, I think for people, it's all an whole experience. You can help feel us, that kind of stuff. Have a whole experience with um, a group of friends going here, yeah. making a more amplification vibe. So, yeah, I think they did a pretty good job. And also, um, the locations are the same locations I also played in um, uh, two years ago. Right. But still, they're up to date. Sound system is awesome. There's a lot of show um, uh, elements. Yeah. I'm really happy also to play here, and the crowd is awesome. And that's for me the most important thing because I want the crowd to go insane. Oh yeah. And people have a good time here. They want to go just the full 200%. You know. Mm -hmm. And that's what gives me the energy. And I'm glad you mentioned crowd because I think a really cool thing about you know the, the mega festivals like DEFCON, for example, or Dominator, mm -hmm. and I feel like Hard Island's in that category. They're very international events. Yeah. So you have people coming from, you just walk through the crowd, there's some French guys, there's some Scandinavian guys. Yeah, yeah, I know what you And there's mean, a yeah. few Americans, even like myself, like, and Australians, of course. Yeah. It really is like a, it's a, a really kind of a coming together. Yeah, and a really international crowd. So yeah, um, yeah. it's also bonding and uh, a lot of people uh, get to learn new people and just people swinging by uh, each other's villas and having uh, throwing parties by themselves you know in the middle of the night so right. I think also for bonding it's a great experience to go here it, it, that's the thing it's like every artist I talk to they say this is not just a gig for me it's a vacation yeah it's a vacation you know? also, it's, it's a, the, the thing I said before it's the experience I think also for people just to be here and to be in the moment you know and uh, experience also the family art style is you know hard dance is in general yeah it's a, it's a big family you know and you really see it uh, for people who aren't backstage I know it's hard to wrap your head around it but like you'll see guys like radical talking to adrenalize and like you, you think what's the connection between these guys the but music we're is. all exactly yeah. it's all it's all part of the hard dance you know family and like I said at first it's it's a little drying but then you're like oh wait a second like of course everyone gets along because like we're all going to the same parties we're all trying to grow the same scene and we're all playing you know these events true uh, so I think it's really cool that an event like this is even more like laid back than, than the average show. I think the, um, uh, the thing also is like that the venues aren't too big, mm. so you still have the intimate feeling of a Very club much show, so. yeah. but with the international feeling of the crowd because there's a lot of international people here from all parts of the world, Yeah. so you get this Defcon Climax kind of vibe crowd-wise, mm -hmm. but still in an intimate setting. Yeah. So that, I think that's perfect. Absolutely. So um, I want to touch on <laughs> fans always say that you're working on some kind of album, whether it's a solo album or a Midas Militia. Yeah. Um, so is there anything you can tell us about any albums or are you still no. keeping under wraps for now? No. Okay. That's cool. No, you <laughs> don't feel that bad. <laughs> but really, really, people would be like, why didn't you ask about albums? So that, that, that's out of the if way. Someone's, if something's coming, we, we will know. know. We'll <laughs> know pretty soon. Yeah. But on that note, uh, we know something that is coming is Brutal 8.0. Yeah, it is coming. And of course, we had, uh, you know, my good friend, you know, B-Front <laughs> poking fun with Br Brutal 39. But, uh, but, but the reality is it is it has become such a saga of tracks for yeah. people to 
to come to love. And a lot of people will say, why another brutal? But I feel like you really do try to uh, put so much into your tracks so that they work every single time yeah. and in a different way. And I know for this brutal, you you brought Knowles back on for it. Um, what what do you what do you what would you say like he adds to the track that um, brutal would be missing otherwise? The thing is, man, this dude Knowles, he's the best fucking fighter out there. Yeah. For me, he fits the tracks perfectly. And when a guy with his talent wants to do a record with me, because that's also the thing. Yeah. I'm really happy. And also the, the thing he brings in, we can really also just talk about and discuss the lyrics. Mm. I can be like, okay, what about this? What about these words? And he's like, no, maybe try it this way and the other way around. But just his voice. For me, I always call it the fader punchline. So it means like mm. punchline, fader, people scream, and you can put yeah. the fader back up Command again. and conquer. Stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, for example. And the thing is just, with his voice, his tone of voice, the, the the frequency that pops out the most in his voice, and also the roughness that can really take people along. Obviously, when you do uh, a track with uh, an MC that did a lot of anthems, a lot of tracks, also yeah. the Dominator anthem with Anger Fist, uh, he did. Um, uh, I think he did the most anth anthems in MC history. Yeah. So obviously, you will get people that be like. It's it it's Knowles again, but then when you play the track, they all scream along. It, it it is really funny. People will absolutely bitch and moan about it, but you you hear it live and you're like, well, this makes sense now. It's same as when people complain about you know MC Villain doing his thing or whatever at a set, but then you go to a show and when there's no MC, it, it it's just empty. You know? Yeah, but it, yeah. It take take uh, take Knowles away from the brutal track, right? For example, and it will. It won't be the same. It no. won't have the impact it has right now. And but for this one, I also um, uh, brought back the female vocal. So the female vocal from five yeah. and six point Yes. That was missing in seven. And um, uh, yeah, she's al also. It's also the sexiness in her voice that immediately immediately uh, makes people like remember the, or recognize the. Oh yeah, or this was brutal five or six. So this will be a new brutal, you know. So I yeah. I, I only use her for um, uh, for the brutal tracks and uh, brutal seven point I was like, oh, I don't I don't think her voice will fit this track. I, uh, it's enough for me to use Knowles now for seven point Yeah. So about brutal eight point yeah, yeah. I really wanted to do an, uh, a track with this, this kind of old schoolish vibe. So I. I also uh, used um, like an old rave synth, for example. I made some old school hardcore kicks for the second drop yeah. that, uh, that really take you back to like to the old rave gabber days, like in the, oh. in the uh, mid '90s, um, uh, beginning of the 2000s. Mm -hmm. So um, it's a really different approach from Brutal this time, and and one Brutal doesn't have to be a bigger hit for me than the other Brutal. Yeah. But Brutal for me is just every time I try to ex experiment with different kind of stuff. Yeah. And eventually, if it works, it works and I'm happy. If it doesn't work, I'm still happy about it. But then, you know, we'll see. Right, right. And I, I really like that you kind of use Brutal as almost a playground. Mm. So you, you can try out, is this yeah. kick too much or will people really like it? Yeah. And and you just, and I know you have other tracks you do that with like... Uh, for example, I did 4.0. Yeah. Wasn't the hit. No. It really wasn't the big hit. But I still like the track. Yeah. Because the the kick I made back then, with the shock, 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 like that kind of punch. Yeah. It was one of the first 
uh, kicks with that character. People weren't yeah. used to it yet. No, but still, yeah. I'm really happy that I did it back then. And uh, for me, obviously, like the, the big brutal breakthrough was 3.0. Inside info, you think it's a female voice in there, but it's me. Wow, yes. you just pitched it. Then. It is, yeah. I did some, uh, <laughs> not a lot of people know that, so. Um, uh, the, it's really cool. Yeah. 3.0, it's, um, uh, yeah, it's my own voice. Because, but then back then, I didn't have the money <laughs> to, to, to hire a it's voice a actor or yeah, that kind yeah. of stuff. <laughs> so um, uh, I just recorded it in my studio with a crappy microphone, uh, to Interesting. be honest. Interesting. And then just I uh, also experimented with it. Like, can I fix this? And what can I do with it? I wanted to. I wanted it to sound like a computer kind of voice, you know. Yeah. And eventually, 3.0. I never would have imagined in my wildest dreams that it would become the the hit it became. But yeah. it did. Yeah, yeah. Eventually, it did. But it's you don't create a hit or something. You just are lucky that it. Yeah, it's a natural process, you know. Yeah. Sometimes you think like, oh, this track is gonna be a dance for Smasher. Yeah. You play it, you see the reaction of the crowd. You're like, hmm, something missing. Something's missing. And sometimes you just make a track, and you're like, oh, okay, yeah, I fucking love the track, but I think it's maybe too rough, you know, for, yeah. the, for the big crowd. And then you see the, the the reaction of the crowd, like when you play the first time. I still remember the first time I played Brutal 3.0. It was a Dominator. Oh. And I was like. Fuck, fuck, what the fuck, what the fuck is happening? I was just... How did this go off so much? Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and, and uh, I immediately saw it like the next day on Facebook and Twitter. Twitter was uh, still huge in the Holland, the Holland back then. I know yeah. you guys still use Twitter a lot, but here it's... I, I don't know, I, I personally don't, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's just... I was mind blown. Like the next day I woke up, I was like, oh, these messages about what, what, what is this track, you know? And obviously the brutal focal was in it, but yeah. I just make music, I, I make the music I like, and what people also say about the Brutal Saga, people that are still wondering, is he gonna stop with them? I am not, man. <laughs> I will stop when I'm in my Keep waiting. No, I, I, I will stop when I get like a heart attack, <laughs> and uh, I'll be dead, and then, and then the Brutal Saga stops, but it's a, just a thing that I really love to do. Um, it's part of who I am, what I do, and I really, really, really love to start on the Brutal Project every year. <laughs> it's something I really look forward to. Right. So people, 2020, it's gonna be Brutal 9.0. Either, yeah, either you like it or you not. You heard it here first. <laughs> yeah, either you like it or not, I don't fucking care. It will be there. It will be there. I love it. So um, we were talking about like how certain tracks go off at shows, like like three, or others like four. You, you were just, um, I guess, underwhelmed by the reaction. Yeah. But would you say when you go to different markets, so for example, the US or South America, um, do you get different reactions to tracks than you do in the Netherlands? Well, no. Not really? Not really. No. Interesting. Um, okay. But that's the thing also, um, because of, uh, for example, the whole Spotify thing, uh, YouTube already there for a long time. But um, uh, especially um, Spotify makes it so easy for people all around the world to just yeah I can release a track in Holland but at the same time someone in Mexico, the United States, Australia, Japan they can all listen to it all at the same day. time. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's also yeah the world is so small mm -hmm. and for music-wise yeah that's first it's great to just get your music out there to everyone. So I, I, I see the, the hits that are hits in Europe are also the hits in Asia, US, 
South America, Australia. Based on what you see in the metrics, it's pretty uniform. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, That's interesting. It, when it's a hit, it's a hit. Yeah. And then it's a hit everywhere. Mm -hmm. And it's not like, okay, this track is only hit in the US, for example. Yeah. Or this track is only hit in, like, it's more like the, the tracks that are not the huge hits, but still do it really good in Holland or, or in, uh, in the Netherlands, for yeah, example, yeah. or uh, Europe, that um, those tracks that they like in Holland because they know the scene, they have far more experience. And when I play that track in the US, people will be like, oh, okay, we're not quite there yet. But if it's a very Dutch track. Yeah, no, for example, <laughs> I have um, uh, one track, it's called Handle This. It's um, uh, on my last album. Oh, I know Handle This. <laughs> so hard to handle. Really experimental track also. And um, uh, I, did, I really did a lot of um, uh, editing with distortion, edit kicks. It's mayhem all over. Yeah. In Holland, they fucking love the track. Yeah. In Europe, they love the track. But I can play it, for example, in Asia. I'm going too far for that. Yeah. They're not there, they're not there yet. You can't quite push track. No, 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 no. It's not. Also, handle this is not a big hit. It wasn't a big hit in the Netherlands. People really like it. They're going crazy. But it's not a sing-along song like America, for example. Of course. Yeah. But then. Yeah. I can still, when I play it, people will go fucking mental yeah, in, in yeah. Europe. In Asia, people will really look at me like, dude, what is this creepy <laughs> shit? I did Exorcism, for example. It's a mm. um, uh, 185 yeah. BPM hardcore track. I, I did. One. I really like to do the whole thematic thing, you know? So I watched this whole docu documentary that was insane about some lunatic with a whole clan of weird people but <laughs> but the, the focal was really useful to yeah. really build a track that it's has this horror theme you know in Holland but also here I can play that track and people are like oh yeah fuck yeah awesome but then also in Asia but I'm, uh, in the uh, US I played it uh, a couple of times also at EDC they loved it and it was really people good people are really getting into hardcore more than the US yeah but I mean Asia yeah. it's just they're like they don't they don't really are there yet but it's also it's a young scene yeah but the thing is also that makes it also really interesting to be there and to to see how far you can go and every time you can see the the line doing this you know yeah so that makes it also really interesting you're really pushing the boundaries so yeah. that they can grow yeah and the thing is yeah. I am I'm really focused on making a lot of tracks so no matter where I play I can also I can always play my own tracks I never I, I always said like for example I'm a, I used to be a drummer I played like uh, Deep Purple shit CCR, yeah, Rolling Stones. That's the stuff my dad grew up on. Yeah, well, so I got into music. Me too, yeah, but yeah. I mean, as a 15-year-old, I just played this old people music, you know. But still, no, that's where I grew up from. I, yeah. I feel you. But when I went to uh, the Eagles concert, mm. I only want to hear the Eagles music. Yeah. So uh, the same thing for me. When I do a Radical Redemption show, people will only hear Radical Redemption music. Yeah. But to be able to play everywhere in the world, you need to have a lot of music music so you can you can do this but you can also do this and you can do this but you can also make a variety yeah yeah and still be radical redemption it's still radical redemption music right but it can fit every i can play in the beginning of the uh, of, of the day but i can also close the stage right 
So that's for me, that's really important to, to do. Especially in the Netherlands when, you know, it's not uncommon in the summer to have four or five festivals in a day where you have to play maybe second or third set one yeah. place in the middle of the day somewhere else and then yeah, closing close. somewhere yeah. else. Yeah. And, you, and you would also be switching potentially between Iraq and then Radical Live and then Minus Militia yeah. and it gets crazy, man. Yeah. I don't know how you do it. <laughs> it's impressive. Well, just uh, step into the car, then do yeah. the show, step into the car again, go to the next one and do your show. It just and, becomes... Yeah, and for routine. me, I never have a game plan. Really? Never. I just... I always... I just go... Um, usually my tour manager, like a lot of times he asks me like, what, what track are you going to start with? And it's like five minutes before show. And I'm like, I have no idea, man. You just have your tracks and you say, what do I want to put on the crowd and see how they Yeah, react? I'm just I'm just looking at the crowd and I'm, um, the DJ before me is playing and then I just watch the crowd interact with their tracks. Yeah. And I'm like, ah, okay, I think this will be a good opener for today. So I'm, but I can open like when I do three shows today, I can open with three different tracks. Mm. Also play like a whole different set. Sometimes I just see like, oh, here's a lot of radical fans. I also in Holland, uh, for example, I can re uh, recognize a lot of my fans that I seen through throughout the years. Diehards, yeah, yeah. So when I see like a lot, like a lot of people I already know the faces of for like six years, I'm like, ah. Oh, Maybe I'm gonna play some music from the Spell of Sin 2013 or uh, the One Man Army 2015. That'll get them really pumped up. Yeah, but it's just to recognize the crowud and also see how they um, how they act, how the how the interaction also um, is going, and then from there on just follow your gut feeling. And a lot of people just worry too much. Yo, yeah. They're like, I've oh, done the perfect set. Blah. No, it's yeah. just <laughs> let's go with the flow and just see what what happens on stage. Happens in the crowd, yeah. and then just. Um, uh, yeah, see what happens. To, to be honest, I only recently DJed on CDJs at a little, you know, pre-party before DEF CON for the first mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. And I had the same thing. It was a backpack with a friend. We each brought a selection of just classic tracks yeah. and just switched off. It was like, what do you feel like playing now? And we eventually built it up to some like heavier gated stuff at the yeah. end. But it was really fun. And honestly, it, it's great to, you know, you have a track in mind maybe, but yeah. then you decide, ah, I don't, do I really need to play this and on the spot? You just change it. Yeah. And then so, effectively, it's just your gut it feeling. It keeps you on your toes. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. a gut feeling telling you like, okay I think this track is really awesome but not for now mm. so you really love the track but you also feel how the set is going and then you're like eventually you're like ah no still like the track but now is not enough time mm. maybe just play this one first and then see if this one fits somewhere yeah. later but and you can always tease tracks too and if you get out oh yeah. then like oh, I guess I gotta play this now yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's true that's also um, uh, that's a good way good strategy I really I love teasing that's yeah, so much yeah. fun <laughs> Oh, well, to be honest, we could talk all night about because, you, again, you just have such a storied career, to be honest. But um, I'll let you wrap this up. Do you have anything you want to tell the fans uh, looking forward? You know, any, any tracks in particular? We have, we have Brutal 8.0. Yeah, well, the thing is, for me, I just uh, want to thank everybody always for the fucking support because I just started yeah. in my attic in a fucking farm in the east of Holland, <laughs> just making music for myself, and this ex whole thing exploded to what it is right now. Yeah. So I just want to thank everyone for the support. I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. Happy to hear it. Yeah, well. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I make music for myself, but I'm really happy that a lot of people just, uh, yeah, go totally, total mental every week, come to my shows. I'm really grateful for that. And uh, I hope this can go on till the end of days for me because uh, oh, yeah. it's this, this gives me so much energy. 
to just go on, go on, go on, and to do more crazy stuff, push boundaries, also my own shows. Yeah, the gigs give me the energy to eventually do the stuff I do. So absolutely, I'm really happy with it. I hope you guys are too. See you in the next show.